This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. This program is produced by podcastandradio.com Small Biz Small Biz America The Brain Our guest on this segment is the owner of D-Gene Alliance. They are a business solutions company which owns the Indiana license of Crestcom International. Crestcom is a global leadership development organization established in 1987. Daryl Warren is our guest. He began his 33-year-plus career at Olin Chemical in industrial relations, including work in sales and marketing. Dale later joined Exxon, where he ultimately managed a strategic alliance with a German partner. He ended his professional sales and marketing career in business development and marketing for smaller manufacturers to gain real-world experience of smaller organizations. And that's our audience, of course. Joining us on the line from Indianapolis, Indiana, is Daryl Warren. Daryl, welcome to the program. Hey, Dave. Thanks a lot. I really, really appreciate that. Great to have you here. Look, this is a, a topic that is ubiquitous to humanity, this idea of leadership and how we do it, how we can improve it. And you've been around this world for many, many years, looking at it through many different lenses. Why is there such a great need for leadership training and development today? What's your perspective? You know, I think one of the key reasons, and again, Dave, thanks a lot for uh, for having me on today. I really appreciate that you bet. to get the word out. But yeah, leadership is one of those things that you hear a lot about. Um, I think if you were to go downtown to any major city and ask 10 people their definition of leadership, you'd get uh, 11 or 12 different replies. Uh, and, and no one of them would be necessarily wrong. Uh, you know, primarily leadership from a definition perspective is, uh, you know, providing the tools and the vision uh, to an organization or a group of individuals to uh, move an objective forward. So a real basic, broad definition of leadership. But of course, we've seen that applying in whether it's political uh, arenas or entertainment uh, or, or business. Um, leadership is uh, an area that people are looking towards to try to get the best out of their teams. And I like this objective or this focus on a goal-setting idea, you know, the idea that we're going to accomplish something together and the leader helps facilitate or really helps drive that. Talk to us a little bit about your activities as a licensee of Crestcom International so we can kind of get a sense of how you do the work you do and then we can get in, uh, dive in a little bit deeper and learn exactly what this facilitation work that you do looks like. Sure. 
Sure. Well, Dave, Crestcom International is a leadership development organization uh, based out of Denver, Colorado. We've been around about 30 years, 60 different countries, 27 of the United States, uh, but no one's ever heard of us, right? So we've been quietly changing the world and building employees uh, quietly, right? Uh, One or two employees at a time. Um, But yes, so so we view leadership development in in three three ways. Uh, Number one, measured development. We as people learn best by repeating behavior over and over and over again. Uh, A one-time training event where you jump in a plane and fly to Vegas and three days of great training and group hug and you come back to the office, it was really good content, you take the manual, you put it on the shelf, and you never open it again. Yeah. And, and so we as people don't learn best that way. So to really change behavior, it's good to repeat behavior. So we meet once a month. We cover two skill sets a month for a year, all leading towards the core competencies of leadership. So it's a recurring monthly idea to, to reinforce the concepts and the behavior, of course, right? Exactly. Exactly. And then even though we'll cover two skill sets in the month of, uh, say, October, uh, come November, we would recap what did we do in the month of uh, October uh, as a way to, again, recap and and review what was actually done from an action plan perspective. Uh, Number two is the actual action plan. So whatever content we learned that day, if you don't apply it to your day-to-day activity, in your case, uh, production, right, Uh, video and audio production, what good is it? What positive benefit is it if you don't apply it to your day-to-day? So we create an action plan at the end of every class. Uh, The student creates that. And then thirdly would be accountability. I could say all day long that I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to use conflict resolution technique number six uh, to address an issue in my office. But if I don't actually do it and, and you hold me accountable in doing it, what good is it? Uh, so again, our third piece is actually the, the uh, accountability piece where I come out to the organization about a week or 10 days after our training uh, to sit down and say, hey, how did we do? What did we do? Is there a type of organization that seems to be attracted to your methodology around all of this, Daryl, or are you across the gamut, small, mid-sized, and larger businesses? Yeah, pretty much across the gamut. Um, our content is approved by the American Institute of Architects. Uh, as well as the PMI, Project Management Institute. Beautiful. Um, So from a continuing educational perspective, uh, one hour of our content equals one continuing educational credit for them. So clearly that's that's, uh, a group that we work with uh, frequently. But yes, small to mid-sized businesses, uh, not to say we haven't trained the GEs of the world or the Nikes of the world, um, but here in Indiana I find that uh, small to mid-sized, anywhere from 50 to 300 employees is a really, really great uh, organization to work with. I love that. I love that. And so in this, much of the work is in person or is it also virtual? Oh, no, no. It's all in person. Um, okay. There's a lot of organic learning that occurs face to face. We meet again four hours the third Tuesday of every month uh, here in Fishers. And uh, yes, it's, it's, uh, I have uh, different comments about uh, virtual. It's, it's effective, certainly, uh, meaning that it's, it's a, I should say efficient. Uh, our time is very tight nowadays, so sometimes you have to do things online. But sure. where possible, we certainly recommend and see the most results in person. Gerald Warren is our guest. Crestcom International is the uh, mothership company. The website, crestcomleadership.com. Daryl, you mentioned many skill sets. You mentioned the term skill sets and that you take two at a time. What are some of the skill sets? And maybe we can dive into a couple of them just to get a feel for how you frame this out. Sure, Dave. Well, for instance, for us, we focus on 10 core competencies, core basic competencies in leadership. Uh, let's, let me hit on a, a few of them real quick. Great. Building the right team. 
building the right team is certainly uh, uh, critical for any leader in any organization. Hiring the right talent, uh, organizing and developing teams. Uh, but the reason I bring this one up, Dave, is because it's one of the areas that our clients uh, demanded. Multi-generational leadership. Uh. How do you manage an old guy like me and a millennial? Uh, we motivate differently, we're, we're disciplined differently, we're challenged differently. And the really successful leader in the world that understands that, that understands that I communicate differently than a millennial and tailors his communication and his approach accordingly, that's the leader that's going to be most effective. So that's one of the, the uh, modules that we do cover, uh, again, the third Tuesday of every month. You know, and this multi-generational idea, particularly with respect to millennials, of course, is uh, uh, big now and high on everyone's radar just simply because the workforce composition is changing pretty rapidly right. as they enter, right? And uh, there are challenges around this. What are some of the sort of markers around millennials in terms of what does motivate them or doesn't motivate them and, and how they think about the relationship to the work they do in an organization? Sure. Well, I'll bring one up that uh, continues to be repeated. Uh, uh, baby boomer or older uh, <laughs> leaders frequently bring this up. They're like, right. hey, Daryl, why is it that I hired this guy in January and here he is in August and he wants to become the president? Why does he feel that in such a short amount of time, and he's done well, he's done well, he's met his objectives, right. why does he feel in such a short amount of time he needs to be rewarded? Fascinating. There's a reason for that. That generation was the first where the parents would give a reward for the child just showing up, right? When I grew up, if you came in first, second, or third, you got a, a uh, gold, silver, bronze medal, right? If you came in 19th, Nothing happened, right? So that generation, their parents were the first to say, you know what, I want little Johnny and Mary to feel rewarded uh, by being a part of the team. They're not the greatest shot putter or, or jump shotter in the world, but I want them to get a reward. So they would get literally a reward for showing up. So if that gets imprinted in the child's mind, when they get into the workplace, they feel the same thing applies. You know, hey, I'm here, I, I, I showed up on time, I, I did the work you wanted me to do, it's been eight months, you would need to reward me. And as you mentioned, <laughs> you know, this repeated behavior by parents in that instance actually created a situation where there's an expectation, and that's, their, that's the response to the workplace, where the workplace and the organization, the business organization, is really not set up or wired to do it that way. So you have this, this sort of transition that they didn't make, and therefore exactly. they're, they're, they've been conditioned to have unrealistic expectations, at least in terms of the uh, progression up a ladder in an organization. That's a fascinating example, by the way. I've, I've never heard that exact idea where it's the parents' conditioning that created that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Very interesting. And once people understand that and they understand the differences and why people are motivated the way they are, yeah. it, it, it's helped, it helps in the understanding and it helps in uh, being efficient. Absolutely. As we talk here, I mean, I can start to sense your approach and what's different about it. In other words, market differentiation in a world where there are a lot of companies that do something like what you do in terms of helping organizations train leadership uh, create teams and all the other numerous skill sets that you cover in these monthly meetings. But what are some of the other differentiators with the Crestcom leadership approach that you'd want us to know about? Sure. Well, I think the, the real uh, primary differentiator between us and some of the other uh, uh, leadership development programs out there, and there are a lot, uh, it seems as over the last my goodness, five or eight years, everywhere you turn, there's a leadership uh, component. Yeah. Uh, but for us, it's really the follow-through. 
Uh, I've been to great training over my 30-plus years uh, working for larger organizations where they require that you have a certain amount of training per year, and it was great stuff. Uh, matter of fact, I was cleaning out the garage the other day and ran across some of the old manuals. And they're great stuff, but again, life kicks in, and Monday turns to Tuesday. And if you don't repeat it and don't reuse it and pull it out and reference it and create an action plan, it's, it's going to fade away. Uh, and so for us, we do that. We come in, uh, again, a week or 10 days after the class into the organization. They've been away from training for a week. And we sit down and say, okay, Dave, you created uh, your action plan here, number uh, number one. Uh, how did it go? Let's talk about how you applied what you learned to your day-to-day activity. Uh, and that piece I find as I talk to people is missing out in the marketplace. Yes, I've heard this time and again with the interviews I do here that implementation seems to be where the rubber meets the road and it's also the place where most of the action plan element falls apart or seems to not get done. Uh, This idea of follow through or implementing within the organization. And uh, it remains a a huge challenge. And if I'm reading between the lines, a lot of Mm -hmm. it is the lack of accountability from your perspective and also the uh, the repeating and reinforcement that's required on a monthly basis uh, to keep the behavior up front. We're talking about it. We're cross communicating. We're communicating with leadership, et cetera. These are the pieces that you see missing a lot. Uh, Daryl, I was going to ask you, you know, you've had, you know, more than 30 years of experience in what I'll call larger organizations you know, at Exxon mm-hmm. and and uh, and so forth, managing uh, internal relationships, external client relationships. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that you feel you learned during your 30 years or so that, that carry over into the work you do, understanding you're using Crestcom's leadership model, but there's right. probably an integration thing that happened for you, right? Uh, very much so. Uh, very much so. You know, it's, Dave, that's a great question. You know, one of the things that come to mind is a lot of the stuff that we do, and maybe it's just me because I'm a, I'm a uh, although I've done a lot of commercial work, an HR undergraduate uh, guy, yeah. uh, a lot of this stuff seems really, really obvious and really um, uh, you should expect people to do it. For instance, reward and recognition. If someone does a good job, tell them that. Why is that so difficult for some leaders to do? Well, I hired him to do a good job. That's what he gets paid for. I'm not going to tell him he did a good job. But the data shows that when you do that, not only does that person appreciate it, but it, re- it reminds everyone else, here's the behavior that they expect at this organization. Yeah. Um, and there's just so many positive reasons why to do it. And, again, I find that people don't do the common sense things that, again, maybe they're not so common sense. Maybe that's uh, my poor view. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. So we really, really voicing appreciation. I think, you know, it's been said that in many cases, it's not about the money within an organization. If you're employed, it's more about being appreciated and being respected and being honored for the work you do, right? From a qualitative perspective, not so much quantity of money. Is that true? Exactly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Of course, you need uh, uh, the dollars to pay the bills. Uh, You know, it's expensive to live in uh, the United States nowadays or anywhere in the world. So you have to have uh, the mortgage, the food on the table, the electricity, obviously. But once those bare necessities are are covered, um, people, we respond much more by words and and accolades uh, and and way to go and and pat on the back uh, versus we would uh, a check. Now, again, that's, that's relative, right? Some people are motivated by dollars, and it's the key leader that knows hey, this person is motivated by money, but this person over here is motivated by um, uh, accolades or or, uh, endorsement. So brilliant. And uh, finally, as we wind our time together down, uh, Daryl, are you working outside of your uh, Indianapolis area or uh, are you pretty well concentrated as a local facilitator? 
So currently, uh, I have the uh, license for the state of Indiana. So mm-hmm. my vision is uh, we have a class currently on the north side of Indianapolis. Uh, the vision is to spread to the south side uh, and then also locations in uh, the Fort Wayne area, uh, other cities outside of Indianapolis, Fort mm-hmm. Wayne, Evansville, and South Bend. Uh, however, uh, my colleagues uh, globally, uh, again, are in 60 countries, 27 of the United States. Um, so whether it's uh, Tennessee or Ohio or New Jersey or New York, uh, if someone is in need of leadership training and development, uh, there certainly is a Crestcom location there for that. Excellent. Thank you for that. Crestcom International, of course, is the company we've been discussing uh, with one of their licensees. Daryl Warren has been joining us uh, with the license in the Indianapolis market. CrestcomLeadership.com is the website. Is there uh, another way that you'd like folks to reach out to you if they're in the Indianapolis area? Certainly. Uh, my email, uh, Daryl.Warren, uh, D-A-R-R-Y-L.Warren, uh, at Crestcom.com. Uh, matter of fact, we're having a, uh, a Halloween event coming up, Dave, at the end of the month. Ah. Um, business leaders are going to get together, and we're going to talk and solve, uh, try to solve and resolve four critical human capital issues. Uh, so many times you go to a conference and they talk about engagement or multi-generational conflict or uh, the baby boomer cliff, how many of us are about to retire. Yeah. And it's great data, but there's no opportunity for the leader to discuss it and to kick the ideas back and forth and to share best practices. This will allow that to happen, uh, a two-hour event October 31st, uh, where, again, business leaders will get together to discuss, uh, uh, to try to solve some of these critical issues. So uh, if someone would like to send an email to me, there are certainly uh, we can talk about that activity, that uh, okay. event coming up. Excellent, and we'll include that Excellent. in the show notes as well. Thanks so much for Great. joining us. Daryl Warren, CrestcomLeadership.com. Thanks for joining us on the program. Great, Dave. Thanks a lot, and I appreciate it. You bet. Small Biz. Small Biz America. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.